0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and I want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy, grace, and peace. In and got us connected. Um, just to let you know a little bit about us, uh, I grew up here in Shalott, North Carolina. Graduated West Brunswick in 2006. It feels like ages ago now um but we've grew up here and then god called us into full-time ministry and we moved and went to mississippi and we've been to ohio we served there for about eight years at a church any ohio people in the house any ohio people no okay all right that's okay but we served outside of columbus ohio for about eight years on staff there uh, doing youth ministry and being associate pastors and then we felt god call us home and we came back here built a house and got plugged in at coastal about six months ago and man we're just excited about what God is doing in this community. Amen? Amen. So, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're gonna be starting out in Galatians chapter one, and we're gonna be reading through verses one through five. And I am gonna be talking to you today about grace. And peace, and I think these two words are so powerful. And I did, I asked Pastor Lucas, I said, hey, are you okay if I teach on these? I just feel such this power drawn out of these words if we really dive into the meaning of them instead of them just being something that is spoken over us each week. What if we understood the value and the importance of what God is trying to tell us with these two words? And so in Galatians chapter one, starting in verse one, it says this, it says, this letter is from Paul, an apostle, I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. Talk about a man who knew what his calling was. Come on. It says, and all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Say that with me. Say grace Grace. and peace. And Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus gave his life for our sins. Jesus, as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. You know, when you read this scripture, this is not the only book of the Bible that we see this opening. In fact, if you look in almost every letter that Paul writes to the churches in the New Testament, this is the way in which he opens the scripture. Also, in case you didn't know, Peter, in one of the books that he writes, he opens the letter in the same way. And some people would say, oh, that's just, well, you know, that must have just been something that they did in that time frame when they were writing letters. But there's such intentionality. Here's what I I fail to believe. I will not believe this. I don't believe anything in the scripture is there accidentally. I believe that everything in God's word is there intentionally and for a purpose. And what I've learned through my study of scripture is that when something is repeated, when something is repeated, there is value and importance to what we need to understand. And I don't think Paul, by any sake of imagination, ever was like, you know what, I'm just going to throw these two words in here because I think they're just good to be in there. There was something he was trying to tell the churches he was writing to from the very beginning. So why are these two words important? Why are grace and peace so important? Well, I believe that these two words are the very fabric by which God wrote his word and by which he wants us to live our life. That's how important I believe they are. And I want to kind of share that with you today. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Are you guys ready? So when we talk about grace and peace and we begin to define these words, we have to first start with what? The definition, right? We have to know what a word means before we can understand how we're going to live it out inside of our life. And so grace, by definition in the Greek, is unmerited favor, unmerited favor this means this is a favor that we don't deserve there's nothing we could do to earn it there's nothing we could ever do to receive it it is something that is given to us freely by a god who loves us and cares for us grace by definition is unmerited favor but grace the first time we find grace is not in the new testament so it's not in greek we actually find grace in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, it says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That word, if you look at it, is grace. Favor is grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If we have some King James readers, that's how that reads. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so the language of the Old Testament is Hebrew, and the word for grace is chint. Now, my mom is a Messianic Jew, and I've learned that whenever you speak Hebrew, you have to act like you got something stuck in your throat to pronounce the words, okay? And so I wasn't messing that up. That's how you have to start. So the grace word is chen. And when you break it down into the two Hebrew letters that make up that word, it's chet and nun. And the make up the word, we get this definition, a place of refuge and life a place of refuge in life. You see, the Hebrew language is so beautiful because it's a picture language. And so every single letter of the Hebrew alphabet is a picture, and each one of those pictures has depth and meaning. And because of the depth of who God is, he so richly enriched this language that there's so much that you can draw out of just a word and what he means when he puts it together. And so knowing that this is a place of refuge in life, here's what we can understand, that God's unmerited favor offers us a place of refuge and life from a world of sin and death that we live in. His unmerited favor is that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Nothing we did or could ever do would deserve the price that he paid for us. This is grace. Now, some of you be like, oh, no, he's going to be one of those preachers. He's about to preach all about grace, and he's going to talk only about the law, and he's going to just say that it's all free and easy. But here's what I want us to understand about grace. Grace is never something that's easy because it's this thing that we can't earn, right? It's this thing that is undeserved. There's nothing we can do to earn it. So what we must do is dedicate our life back to the one who gives it to us. And out of that is this desire to say, I wanna live a life that mirrors the life that you live for me, God. The fact that he gave us this grace, this unmerited favor, we must also live that out in our own life. Second Timothy 1, verses 8 through 9, shed some valuable light on this. It says this, So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Some of us, we need to hear that. Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me either. Even though I'm in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show his grace through Christ Jesus. There's so much depth in that scripture that we, were, you know, we, we read these letters written by the apostles and I think many times we don't understand the value of what it is they're telling us because they were in prison, many of them, when these letters were written not in prison for anything that they had actually done wrong except for sharing the message that they're writing the letters about. How crazy is that? Man, we get offended when somebody looks at us wrong or when we see something on the news that says, oh no, our rights are being, we don't understand persecution. We haven't even, we haven't even scratched the surface of what that is, America. We have such a privilege to be able to gather in here on a day like today and celebrate the one who created us and to join together in this unity and in this community. And it's just amazing to be here, right? But it is only because of the grace of God in this season that we are here. But I love something that sticks out in this verse, and it says that from the beginning of time. Think about that. This is what's so interesting to me about God is that God exists outside of time and space. He created time and space so that we could have seasons, so that we could have a time frame in which to measure our life. But God doesn't exist inside of that. That's how come we get so frustrated with timing. We're like, God, you promised this was going to happen. And he's like, yeah, it's going to happen. He does it. It's happening. In his mind, he's already seen it happen. He's already seen it in. He's already seen the because that's how he lives and that's how he operates because that's who he is. He's God. And from the beginning of time, this means that before he ever even created us, he knew the grace we were going to need in our life. Think about that. God knew that he was going to create perfection. He knew that he was going to create it, and he knew we were going to mess it up, and he knew he would have to put in grace in order for us to be back in relationship with him. And yet he took the step and he did it because he values that relationship so much with us. That just amazes me. The love of God is so deep and so real that even though he knew the mistakes every single one of us were going to make, he stepped in and created us and created a way for us to come back to him. John Wesley defines grace as this, God's bounty or favor, his free undeserved favor Man having no claim to the least of his mercies, it was free grace that formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into him a living soul and stamped on that soul the image of God and put all things under his feet. How awesome is that? God has created you with a purpose, on purpose, designed in his image. I don't know who came in here today and you think to yourself that you're done or you think to yourself that you have no value or no worth to what God is doing, but that is not true. He created you on purpose for a purpose intentionally, and by his grace, you find your purpose You know, I'm standing here today preaching to you not because I have a gift or a talent. It's not because I've worked to earn some place here. It's all because of the grace of God on my life from the moment I was born to keep me from things that I wasn't supposed to be doing, to set me in motion to be in a place right here, right now, bringing this word. It's by His grace. And the more that we realize and understand that everything that we're doing in our life is because of the grace of God, even if you're in a season that you don't understand and there's things happening that don't make sense to you and you say to yourself, why is this where I'm at right now? God has given you grace for the moment and the place that you're in. He, you are there for a reason. I know we love to question God and you want to know something? A long time ago, I had this belief system. Growing up in church, it was like, we don't ask questions. We just do it. We just do what God says to do, and we don't ask questions. But you know what? God values your questions. He may not give you the answer that you're wanting to get out of that question, but he values you asking it. He wants you to bring, he says, bring your request to me. Make your request known unto God. Ask him the questions. Because ultimately, we're not, we're not disagreeing or not understanding. We're simply trying to figure out his plan. And that means we want a closer relationship with him. And that's what it's all about. You see, God knows the beginning. He knows the middle. He knows the end of our story. So his favor doesn't flow in our time frame. It falls in his. This is that measure of grace in our life. John 1 14 through 18. I love this verse of scripture. It says this. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory. The glory of the father's one and only son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds. This is the one I was talking about when I said that someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. And from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. But listen to this. But God's unfailing love and faithfulness or grace and truth in some versions of Scripture come through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Jesus brought two things. He brought grace and he brought truth. And here's what we have, have made the mistake of in many churches throughout this world is we have begin to put a weight on which one of those is more important. It's more important that we speak truth and what the Bible says. Or no, it's more important that we, we speak grace and the forgiveness of God. But Jesus, by definition in his word of who he was and why he came, was to bring both equally. He spoke truth of God's word, he spoke truth to a situation. He called out sin when it was sin. But in the same moment, in the same breath, he walked in grace. The amazing thing about Jesus is that he had the power to forgive sins. And the woman that was thrown at his feet who was caught in adultery. He looks at her after all of her accusers had dropped their stones because they had sin in their own life. And he says, who condemns you? She, he said, she says, no one. And the only one who could condemn her in that moment was Jesus because he was a sinless person right? And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What did Jesus do? He offered her grace, but then he spoke truth over her life. He says, look, I'm forgiving you. We're moving past this moment from here on out. You follow me. Sin no more. Grace and truth. You know, in the world that we live in, so much of our favor is determined by our actions. Literally everything in our life In order to receive favor, it's based on the actions of how we live, right? Children in school, what determines if they get promoted to a next grade? If they pass their classes, right? It's all on their performance of how they did. Did they make the right test scores? Did they achieve the right things? It's all based on performance. That's how they receive favor. It moves the same into our job situations, right? If we're going to go into a company and we're going to work our way up and we're going to get to that place of promotion, what has to happen? We have to follow the rules. We have to do the things that they're asking. We have to have a strong work ethic, show up early, stay late, all of these things. And then they begin to see that and they say, oh, look at all of the good things that they've done. We're going to show them favor. This is what we've created in our world. But here's what we, this is why it's so hard to understand grace. Because God says that it doesn't matter to me. It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you haven't done. I love you because I have grace for you. Unmerited favor. We can't earn it. And some of us, we try so hard. Man, we live our whole life. We're just working and we're just doing and we're trying to do all the right things and say the right things and be the right person. And there's nothing wrong with being a good person. But if you think that's what's gonna get you in relationship with God, you're sadly mistaken, because he wants relationship with you from the beginning of time. One of the, I believe one of the greatest moments for God that he loved the most was when he would walk into the garden, and he would walk with Adam in the cool of the afternoon. I believe that was the moment of the day, because he so longs for relationship with us. You look and you say, well, but God did all of these things in the Old Testament. We see all of this, these, these, these crazy Things that happen. But ultimately, if you look at who God is, it was all out of a desire for relationship with his people. Everything that's ever happened is God trying to say, I just want you. You know, sometimes things will happen in our life. We'll lose a job. A relationship will break apart. And in those moments, we'll begin to think to ourselves, oh, where's God in this? how can God be in the middle of this? But we have to remember, God doesn't live in our time frame, right? We just established that. So what God knows is whether or not that relationship was really healthy for you or not. He knows, maybe you're looking right now or in the next year or the next two years or things that are going on, but God may have a bigger picture of what's happening and he may say, you know, this is hard, but I'm gonna walk with you through this and on the other side of it, you're gonna have a testimony that's gonna change the world and that's why you have to go through this moment. And he gives us grace to walk through this. See, grace is a place of refuge where our purpose is found. I'm gonna say that again, grace is a place of refuge where our purpose is found. Now that sounds great, it's a great one-liner to put down on the notes, right? But there's so much depth in that because grace being a place of refuge is by definition what we just found out grace is, right? Grace is not an action, it's not something we do, it is a place we dwell. We live in the grace of the Almighty. Grace is a place of refuge where our purpose is found. When we stop measuring ourselves to the standards of this world and we learn to measure ourselves according to the grace that was given us, only then will we truly discover the purpose of God inside of our life. When we stop looking at our job as being the defining factor of whether or not we are successful or not. I'm gonna dig a little deeper. This one might hurt a little bit. When we stop looking for the attention of other people in our life, from our family, from our wife, from our husband, from our kids, from whatever it may be, when we stop making that's the measurement of whether or not I have purpose and I've fulfilled things in my life, that's still not it. And I know that hurts because we're like, no, I wanna be a good dad, I wanna be a good husband, I wanna be a good wife, I wanna be a good, I understand all of those things. But if that's still where you're trying to find your purpose, you're still seeking it in the wrong place, because your purpose can only be found in the grace of God on your life. So that's grace. The next word we talk about is peace. And I want to share with you out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, it says this, always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace, the peace of God, surpasses all understanding. Now, when we talk about this word peace and we define it, peace by definition in Scripture is is completeness or wholeness, a place of rest. If you look at the word, the Hebrew word for this is shalom. And an interesting thing about Hebrew culture is even today, if you're in Israel or you're in a, a Jewish community, this is the greeting in which they will greet you in every conversation. It is Shalom. Peace be unto you. And when you leave the conversation, it's shalom. Peace be unto you. Because ultimately what they're trying to say is that may God's peace rest on you. May God's peace be on the conversation we're about to have. And may God's peace follow you wherever you go. See, shalom is this place of wholeness, this place of rest. You know, in the world that we live, peace is something I feel like we rarely really achieve but we consistently are looking for it. We try to find peace in taking solitary moments we try to find peace by going to a spa or a place to relax or going on a vacation from our job and saying hey, we're gonna shut our phones off and we're trying to find peace in these moments or maybe we're really, really good and we're starting to practice kind of this peaceful lifestyle where we're taking moments away from our day and we're putting our phone away and if you guys are there yet, kudos to you. I'm still working on that. But you get to this place where it's like you're trying to create peace in everyday moments of your life because we realize that peace is somehow Important, right? But what we fail to understand is that peace is not based on a circumstance. It's not based on your situation. You can't convince yourself that, well, if I just get out of this environment, I'll find peace. If I just get out of this circumstance in my life right now, I'll find peace. I believe this is the reason that many marriages lead to divorce, because we've convinced ourselves that the peace and the hope and the joy that we're looking for is circumstantial. It's not circumstantial. Peace is found in one place is found in the one whose name is peace, God. You know, we say things like, I have peace in my life whenever I, you know, stop coming home from work and have a million other things to do at home. I have peace in my life whenever, you know, my kids stop asking me a thousand questions or all of these different things. We begin to to load ourselves up with what this is, but what does the Bible tell us peace is and how do we achieve it? 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says this, Now may the Lord of peace himself. Think about that for a second. We're going to finish this scripture, but think about that for a second. The Lord of peace himself. He just named himself the Lord of peace. This is who, this is the peace we're looking for. The Lord of peace himself gives you peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you. Here is my greeting in my own hand, Paul. I do all this in the letters to prove that they are from me. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. This is a closing of one of Paul's letters, and he ends with peace. Right? When we dwell with God and we put him at our center, not at the side, not at the left, not at the right, not at the front, not at the back, when we put him at our center of our life, then peace is found in him and not in a situation, I want to share a story with you guys. I currently work in the retail market. I work for a pharmacy, and uh, our pharmacy is crazy. Like, that's the best way I can explain it to anybody who comes in. We do about 600 to 700 prescriptions a day. It's constant flowing. It never stops. It's always busy. It's just a constant craziness. And due to our company's cuts and their budget and things like this, we're understaffed like many businesses out there. We're understaffed. We got people underpaid. All of the negative things you could think about, right? They're there. And a few weeks ago, I've we, been there for about three or four months at this specific location. And someone came to me and they said, Chris, it was a customer. I've been talking to them. And they said, You know what? They're like, I've talked to you for five minutes complaining about the things that are going on. And she's like, You've yet to get upset. You've not yelled at me. She's like, you just seem joy in your life and you have peace, and she's like, how do you do this? This place is nuts. And you know, in that moment, I, I just said something like, well, you know, I just, I just trust Jesus, that's it. You know, it's just something off the cuff, but as I, I got in my car and I was driving home that day, I began to think about it, I was like, God, you know, I didn't even realize what was going on in that situation. I was just trying to handle the moment. But I do realize what I pray every morning before I get into work. I sit in my car because I'm always there early and I say, God, today, just help me focus on you. I know this is a season. I know this is the place you have me right now and I don't understand everything that's going on, but God, just, just let me focus on you today. Let whatever you want, whatever conversations you want me to have, whatever engagements you want me to have today, God, let that be what happens today. Let everything else fade away. Let me not worry about those things, but let me focus on you. And I found that when we begin to walk that in our life, our peace isn't found in what's around us. We can be in the most crazy of circumstances and situations, and everything's falling apart, and it feels like the whole building's burning down, and we don't know what's going on. But when you look at it and you go, you know what, God, you got this. You got this. That's okay. It's going to be fine. And what happens is those moments is you begin to get a clarity because you realize that what you think is important isn't really important right? What you think is so crazy and so, so right there in your face is not what's important. What's important is that God has you in that place to bring peace to that situation. You may not carry peace, but Jesus who lives inside of you is the Lord of peace. And all of a sudden, you begin to walk in these situations and these circumstances in life and bring a peace to it that you never intended to even bring. But because you've made Jesus the center of your life, he walks with you. And that, to me, is grace. God, why would you even grace me with that ability, grace us with this place? Because he loves you so much. Some of you need to hear that today. You have convinced yourself. I don't know who it is, but I just feel it in the room today. You have convinced yourself that you are worthless and of no value, and you're, you don't even know why you're here. And God says, no, 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 no. Man, from the beginning, before time began, I had this plan of grace and peace, and I'm moving this in your life, and if you'll just trust me and the grace that I have, I'm gonna work it all out. We have to trust him. You see, this story has nothing to do with me. It's just me keeping Jesus at the center of what I do, my focus on him. It's never my goal to make people happy, or to achieve some kind of supernatural peace in a circumstance. It's just my goal to keep Jesus at the center. And let me tell you, for all the stories of that that one story of how it worked, there's so many of when it doesn't work, okay? I'm human. It happens. Those are the, the reality of things. We should be known, though, as peacemakers and grace walkers. We should be known as peacemakers and grace walkers, those who live a life of trying to make peace and those who walk in a grace that people can see Jesus in you. In every situation, we bring grace and peace. As a husband, I should carry grace and peace, grace for my wife in situations where there's argument or dissension or, or these things. We have to have grace, grace for when we disagree and we know that, I need to know that being right is not as important as showing love. That's grace. Peace in my marriage so that when there's conflict, We can learn to communicate more clearly and bring peace to a situation and not try and focus on that circumstance, but focus on the relationship. To not cause stress, but to listen and to value the opinions of those that we're close to. As a parent, I should show grace to my children in the same way that God shows grace to me. All right, parents, this was going to hurt a little bit. Let's go put it out there. I was, I was writing this message, I texted Pastor Lucas, like, how come when God gives us a word, he's just like speaking right to us? And so that's the situation. But how many times do we get frustrated with our children for not listening, for not being obedient, for not doing the simple task we've asked them to do? Man, we get so frustrated, Right start making up, we're making up all kinds of disciplines. We're like, oh, you can't be on your phone for six months. Like, we're just throwing stuff out there because we're just mad. We're just, like, throwing it out. But when you stop for a minute and you think about your relationship with your Heavenly Father, how many times has he simply asked you to do a simple task? And you have day after day been disobedient to that simple ask. But is he punishing you? Is he grounding you for months on time, on end? No, what does he do? He meets you when you're ready at that place that he called you to meet him at. That's who God is. And so as parents, we must bring that peace and peace that he offers us into our relationship with our family. As parents, as leaders, as those who represent Jesus in our home. I can tell you this. I've been in ministry for a long time. And the greatest ministry I will ever be known for is going to be the one to my family if I can preach the house down and see hundreds of people give their lives to Christ, but my children do not love Jesus, there's this accountability of the ministry we hold. And sometimes we put more value on the platform than we do on the presence inside of our home. And so, so much is the focus of saying, God, I am a peacemaker, I am a grace walker in every moment of my life. See my biggest challenge is not bringing grace and peace to my work environment or my church environment or any environment outside that comes almost naturally in some moments. My biggest challenge for me personally is bringing that grace and peace home. I want my home to be a place that resonates the presence of God when people come in, when my kids come home. I don't want them to li- they're in a world of stress all day. You think your kids have it easy going to school? You must not have been to public school recently. Who's was a youth pastor for 12 years, and the stories that come out of the public school system—whoo, wow! What your kids are learning when they're 10, 11, 12 years old—you would, it would, it, would drive, it might blow your mind. Home should be a place that they can come to and feel the presence of God when they walk in the door a place that they can come to and find rest and find grace and know that they've got parents who are gonna love them unconditionally, who are gonna forgive them and walk in grace, know that they have parents who are gonna offer peace in the situations and the circumstances that they don't know how to understand. Why? Because that's what Jesus does for us. And so we must try to reflect that to them. See, grace and peace are so much more than words. If we look at the life of Jesus, the one in which we imitate our life after, the one in which we are reflectors of, he lived that life flawlessly. How many of you have seen the new series, Chosen? Anybody watch some of these things on TV, yeah? Great series. Make sure you read your Bible and watch Chosen, okay? Just wanna put that out there. But Chosen is a great series, and one of the things that I have seen through watching it is how they portray the heart of Jesus in such a clear way. There's so much love and compassion in the person who who plays him in that show. But it reminds me of something, because when we begin to read Scripture, sometimes unintentionally we read it through the lens of our own life. And we begin to read situations and circumstances that Jesus walked in and we begin to think about how we would have handled it or what was the tone in which he said these things. But if you really read about Jesus and who he was as a person, he was someone who walked in grace and truth at all times. The times that we see Jesus speak harshly, he doesn't speak harshly to people who don't know him, he speaks harshly to people who have claimed relationship with him for years. Those are people who have called themselves his children for many years, and he begins to say, these are the things you need to change because you're giving a misrepresentation of me to the world. But for those who are lost, for those who are broken, for those who are far from God, he offers grace and peace in every confrontation, in every circumstance, and in every situation. And you want to know what we see time after time? We see people healed, we see life transformed, we see people change their entire lifestyle from a moment. And 90% of Jesus' ministry wasn't from here. It was from every day, walking the streets, communicating with people, having those conversations. So many of us walk into this room and we think this is the place where ministry happens. Let me give you a little bit of a notation, okay? This is not where ministry happens. It happens here, but ministry happens where you're working. It happens where you're serving throughout the week. It happens at the McDonald's. It happens at the Starbucks. It happens when you're walking through that place called Walmart. Like those are the places where ministry happens. And sometimes it's just a nudge. It's just a nudge, And when we walk in that grace and peace inside of our life and we live that out day after day, we can begin to hear that voice, that little voice that says, hey, have a conversation. Take time, pause, it's okay. You're gonna be a few minutes late. It's fine, take the five minutes. Jesus always took the five minutes. So we must live that life of grace and peace. As I close out today and the band prepares to come up, If you would, stand with me to your feet. And I want everyone in the the room, I want you to close your eyes for just a second. And I want to try and paint a picture for you. Nobody looking around, nobody moving around. I want us just to focus in on God and what he's doing in this moment. You see, many years ago, God stepped out of heaven to create life. He created a paradise where everything worked together in unity and all things flowed continuously. He created mankind to look after this paradise and to live in relationship and in unity with him. It was perfection. So imagine this for a moment. In the midst of this perfect place, sin entered the garden. And all of a sudden the creation was separated from the Creator. But God had a plan. And in order to rekindle the relationship with his creation, he knew he must weave a thread of hope into the lives of man. And this thread would be found in the grace and the peace that he would offer to them. He would cover their sin despite their fault. He would save them from themselves time after time. And he would be a refuge for them in times of trouble. And ultimately, he would send his one and only son to die for them so that they could have right standing with him once again. He would show them what it means to truly love someone unconditionally. See, the story is still being lived out today. And you have that opportunity to walk in the grace and in the peace of God. Grace gives you forgiveness and refuge that you do not deserve and peace that surpasses anything you could understand. I want you to know today, God is here, and he's waiting to share that with you today. So if you're in the room this morning, and you say, Chris, that's me. I've been trying to do things on my own strength. I've been trying to do things on my own way, and I just need the grace of God in my life. I just need him to flow over me. I just need to to walk in that grace of who he is, to have that right-standing relationship that I know I can't earn, So if that's you today, if you say, that's me, I just want you to lift your hand because I want to be able to pray with you this morning. If that's you, if you say, hey, I need to take this step, just raise your hand. If you're in here today and you simply say this, I need to experience that peace in my life once again. I need to experience that peace of God that passes all understanding. I've been living in this life of just stress and constant worry about what's gonna happen next. And you say, I just need that peace of God inside of my life. If that's you this morning, just lift up your hand. See that hand? See those hands? I want to pray over you this morning, and as we pray, I believe that God's peace is just going to rest in this place, that his grace is going to rest in this place, and then we're going to find a peace that surpasses all understanding. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your grace and your peace that walks with us, that we stand in, in the knowledge of who you are. And God, today, I just ask, Lord, that whatever situations we may find ourselves in, whatever place we may be in today, that, God, your peace that surpasses all of our own understanding would rest on us, that, God, we would walk in that grace and that peace that you offer us. God, I speak into every situation and every life circumstance, God, and I speak your peace into those moments. God, give us peace of mind, peace of heart to know that, Lord, you are faithful in all circumstances. Walk with us today and help us to honor you in all that we do, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Would you worship with us this morning? Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.